Kia ora everyone and welcome to the Snapshot Podcast. It's Lisa Gibson here from Kiwi Fruit Vine Health. I am at the Zespru Momentum Conference and at the moment we are running a BMSB workshop and I've stolen Elise Pukatapu from Plant and Food Research from the workshop for just a few minutes so that she can have a chat to us. Hi Elise. Hello. Thank you so much for being here with us today. It's made a huge difference having someone with your expertise helping us with um, growers and people from across the industry who are taking part in the workshop. Um, One of the really neat things that you have done this morning is a little ID game for BMSB because our workshop's all about how we can identify BMSB and be ready for it if it were to arrive in New Zealand and the things that we can do to prepare ourselves so that we can help a response run smoothly if it ever got to that point. Um, So you've created this really neat bingo game. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, Yes, so today we played a game of bug bingo. Um, So I've developed three simple rules that help us to separate the brown marmory, the stink bug adult, from seven common species of stink bugs uh, that we might encounter in our gardens, out in the orchard, just out in the environment in general. Um, So the aim of the game is to identify the BMSB adult and why we're doing this is because early detection of this insect is so important. It's the one thing that we potentially have control over to prevent the establishment of this insect in New Zealand. There's so much at stake, particularly for our kiwifruit and avocado industries. Um, And I guess the sooner we know something, the more we can do. Absolutely. And does it literally come down to a day can make a difference? I I absolutely think so. Um, If we get one person just reporting one uh, post-border detection, Um, it's better to know about it than not know about it. We need to know the magnitude and what we can do to uh, control, contain or delimit that incursion. Okay, neat. So we've come up, or you've come up I should say, and we've played a game where um, there are a few different rhymes to help people know what to look out for. We'll have that up on our website. We've also got our BMSB fact sheets and ID guide. So um, if you're listening, you can go to kvh.org.nz and look all of that up. Um, I guess one of the most important things though that we do really want to reiterate is that all of us know that it's not easy to identify the BMSB even though we have these helpful little hints and if you are unsure at all report it because it's absolutely doing the right thing to make a report no matter what. Absolutely if there is any ounce of uh, doubt if you're unsure if you just don't want to make that decision yourself feel free to uh, contact the MPI hotline Um, you're recommended to catch it snap it and report it that's the tagline we all know it off by heart absolutely (laughs) and it obviously works because um, there have been post-border incursions around the country and we have managed to um, solve these Okay. Uh, if you don't already have the number in your cell phone, maybe this is a really good time to write it down and add it to your phone contacts. It's 0800 80 66, and that's the MPI Pest and Disease Hotline. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We also get quite a few um, people who email or drop into the KVH office because that's easier for them. So don't be afraid to do that either if you're local, if you're a kiwi fruit grower. If you know someone at KVH, um, I know Linda and Matt are out on orchards quite often. So if you know someone and just want to pop in and see us, don't be afraid to do that either. 
Uh, and the last thing that I thought maybe we could quickly talk about, Elise, is this, um, the surveillance traps in the Bay of Plenty region because you look after those for us. Uh, yes, I do. So this year is the first year that the Bay of Plenty is actually uh, part of a national brown marmorated distinct bug surveillance program. So luckily, we have uh, secured funding from Zespri and Kiwifruit Vine Health mm-hmm. um, to set up a network of brown marmorated stink bug pheromone traps throughout the bay. Um, and these are monitored fortnightly uh, for stink bug or BMSB fines. Who monitors them? Do you go out and so do it? So I personally go out <laughs> every two weeks and wow. monitor these traps. How many are there? So there are 10 traps, um, sorry, 10 trapping locations. 10 sites. Twen- yes, okay. 20 10 sites and 20 traps, so two traps at each site. So our traps run from the port here in uh, Tauranga right down to Whakatane. We we have concentrated our traps around um, high risk transitional facilities um, based on their prior detections of BMSB Mm -hmm. or um, the number of imports that these facilities receive that potentially posed by security concern. Okay, so they're high risk sites. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, So every two weeks I'm out and about checking these traps. Um, I'm very happy to say that we have had no... Never found anything in them? No (laughs) BMSB fines, thank you. Um, So we will have traps up until May this year um, and the monitoring will continue until then. Um, so fingers crossed we don't find anything. And just to make sure that people know um, why it's only until May, that's because it's the high risk season. Yes. So the risk starts to drop off after that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's a really interesting job. It must be nice in a way to get out and do that, even yes. though it's something that would be, let's be honest, <laughs> yes. not too nice if something was found, but at least it's something that's really quite tangible that people know is proactively happening in our area. Yes. Uh, it, like you say, it's an exciting but a scary job at the same mm. time. Exciting because we're at the coal face of this insect, potentially coming into New Zealand. Um, but I do feel good that the Bay of Plenty and the kiwifruit industry and plant and food research are all contributing to uh, a program that is helping to keep this insect at bay. Thank you so much for talking to us, Elisa. I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you very much. Hi everyone, it's Lisa. I'm back at the Momentum Conference and I'm with Tommaso from Ferrero who's been here helping us with the BMSB workshop that we just spoke to Elise about. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's really great to have you here. You flew in last night to New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. And you were kind enough to come and visit us at this conference on your way to Australia to visit some of your other growers. Sure. We have one big plantation in Australia, about 2,000 hectares owned by the company. Wow, wow. One of the reasons that we were really interested to have you here and why we're so thankful that you came along is because your company has been affected by BMSB as have your growers, your hazelnut growers. And there's potentially a lot of similarities between the effects of BMSB on your growers and your company, just like there would be on kiwifruit growers, uh, the New Zealand kiwifruit industry and Sesbury. And the effects that you just spoke about when you presented to the people in our workshop the the damage and the dollar cost was just huge can you tell me a little bit about what you've seen in the last couple of years and I think you were saying as well that the last year was the worst that you've had yes yes now the situation is uh, scaring I guess for uh, 
for it has been uh, terrible for for hazelnut, but not only for hazelnut, for uh, most fruit crops in Italy this year, including the kiwi fruit as well, including of the the green kiwi mm -hmm. fruit. And um, yeah, basically, BMSB um, arrived uh, luckily spread only in few areas of the world where hazelnut are grown, and in those areas where it has been spreading, uh, it causes huge damages. Uh, in some orchards it causes up to 90% of the fruits wow. to be damaged. So some farmers basically had no, nothing to harvest nothing, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, or basically was not worth it to harvest what was left. Uh, this is the extreme, we have all levels of, uh, of uh, infestation. Uh, but yes, it has been terrible, especially in uh, Georgia, the Republic of Georgia, mm -hmm. where we procure a lot of hazelnuts and, and Italy, north of Italy mm -hmm. for hazelnuts. Regarding kiwi fruit, um, I have some data that were uh, put together by CSO, an uh, Italian company that uh, um, specialized on that. I think the, um, the overall damage, uh, the estimation of two, on 2019 only was 55 million euro. Just for the 2019? Just for green kiwi for green. fruit. Mm -hmm. If we consider um, kiwi, apples, peaches and pears, the overall damage has been estimated about 600 million euro Those in 2019 only. Only. Those numbers are just mind-boggling. Yeah. So this is potentially having a really big effect on your business. Absolutely. Absolutely does. Um, at the moment, uh, our biggest area of procurement is uh, Turkey together with Italy uh, for hazelnuts. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Italy, only one portion, about uh, a fourth of the uh, hazelnut produced in Italy have been affected. But unfortunately, it's the area where the highest quality hazelnut come from. So it does affect some of our products. We struggle to, to find the highest quality hazelnut, which is necessary for a certain type of products. But overall, it hasn't affected yet uh, on a very large scale our business, but we're very worried because it's uh, very hard to, to prevent, uh, and to, especially in Europe, where uh, unfortunately we do not live in an island. So, <laughs> so it's hard for us to keep, uh, to keep barriers, uh, solid barriers, and, uh, and we know that this uh, pest will spread, uh, will spread further. So we have to prepare. We, we launched a very large program uh, in all the countries where BMSB has been uh, found and uh, we try to liaise as much as possible with uh, government institutions, universities, uh, uh, farmers, uh, farmers association, exporters and whoever is affected and, uh, and we try to, to put as much effort in, in a lot of different things. Uh, we try to raise the awareness, we try to we mm -hmm. sponsor a lot of research on it. Uh, we, we put in place and we sponsor some programs uh, um, in which uh, people, um, farmers get uh, a, a direct um, uh, response time uh, or um, let's say a, a sort of a, um, a warning about where and when to spray and oh, so okay. on yep. and, yep. Um, and some other initiatives that um, hopefully will help mitigate such a problem which at the moment is very big. So we've just been taking part in this workshop and there's about 50, uh, 40 to 50 people who are there who have been fortunate enough to hear you go into quite a bit of detail about uh, the different tactics that growers have and the different types of advice that you've been 
um, providing to your growers and the people that you're working with on this. What would you say um, is one or are some of the most important things that our growers here can be doing? Because a lot of what we talk about is the importance of preparedness and the importance of um, detecting something as soon as possible because the sooner we know that something's going on, the more we can do about it. Would that align with what you've been telling your growers? Yeah, unfortunately, we are uh, uh, already in a, in a, in a worse situation than, yeah. you, than what mm-hmm. you are. So I think awareness is definitely the first step and it's a must. People must be aware of the risk, must understand uh, the threat that this uh, pest uh, gives to the crops. Uh, fortunately, in, in the areas where um, it has arrived now, it's too late to, to really put barriers. So um, the insect is out. So in these areas, monitoring is key mm-hmm. because uh, then you can know exactly when the population uh, start to raise in spring and um, and when is the right time to spray in your orchard. So the monitoring can be done in different ways. Um, there are different types of traps uh, uh, through pheromones or through plant beating. Each farmer can, mm-hmm. can basically mm-hmm. do a plant beating in his own orchard uh, early in the morning before uh, the sun rises so that when the insects are less uh, mobile and then count how many insects are in his own orchard uh, and then decide uh, if it goes above a certain threshold then it's, uh, it's, uh, it's time to spray. Um, this also has an implication about the numbers of sprays a farmer is allowed to, 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 yes. to do in an orchard which yes. uh, it's a very critical issue because especially on that we have very few very few active principles which are allowed and we try to, to keep uh, uh, the, the less amount of spraying as possible. So um, the two things unfortunately are in, uh, in contrast. Um, uh, then uh, so Insecticides are definitely effective. They definitely do kill the insects. Most pyrethroids do. Some are more effective than others. But the problem is the numbers. Numbers sometimes are just so huge so big, that it's yeah. uh, it's very difficult to get rid of uh, of the insect because once you you make a spray and the spray is effective and you kill a lot of them, then they just come back because uh, the numbers can just raise to, to incredible amounts. Yeah. Okay. We are we are hoping in the, to to see what the the parasitoid will do. Mm-hmm. This is the samurai wasp, yeah. um, and Tommaso and I are outside at the moment, which is why you might be hearing quite a bit of noise in the background. We've left the workshop to come and do this podcast for you, so apologies for the background noise. Um, so that's in regards to the samurai wasp, which regular followers of KVH will know we um, in New Zealand received EPA approval for um, a wee while ago so that in the event of um, BMSB being established here we can release the wasp and you've got some promising work on that. Yeah, the, um, the, the process in, in Europe and especially in Italy has been particularly long and difficult. Um, we run, uh, we support uh, a research uh, um, to, to have a risk assessment of the introduction of this uh, parasitoid in, into the environment. And the risk assessment was very clear. Um, the samurai wasp does affect uh, local insects. So it does affect other uh, pentatomids, yes. which are present in the natural environment. This we can take it as a good news and as a bad news. It's a good news in the sense that it does kill also another pest of the hazelnuts, which is the palomena prasina, the green bug. 
but uh, unfortunately uh, this is a local insect so it does affect biodiversity and for this reason and also because of the European laws uh, about the introduction of exotic parat uh, insects in general uh, this process has been taking forever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but considering the huge amounts of damage that I men mentioned before uh, um, I think uh, government uh, and um, all the relevant authorities uh, reach the agreement that uh, um, even if uh, the introduction of this uh, samurai was will affect partially the biodiversity of our country it will surely affect it less than the huge amounts of huge pesticides amounts of, yeah. that uh, are, have to be put into into the environment so this this whole process is probably going to end very soon and we might have um, the permit to release uh, the parasitoid uh, into the environment. And so where would you be getting the parasitoid from? Where is it being reared for you? Yeah, it, uh, it has, well, I didn't mention before that part of this decision uh, will also be taken because uh, the parasitoid has been naturally found in Italy. Okay and uh, it has been proved that this uh, insect has not been introduced artificially but it came probably along the, uh, the same path that uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the bmsb has uh, as a follow uh, bmsb we call it a hitchhiking insect yes. because it does really Absolutely. travel uh, yep. along with logistic along yep. that um, in italy we have seen that the, it always goes along highways mm -hmm. uh, motorways and uh, ports, harbors, it's very easy to see it where, where you have uh, logistic uh, uh, hubs. So the samurai was most likely follow these uh, logistic uh, pathways. The same pathways, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so this um, samurai wasp that was naturally found in Italy has been reared by uh, a research center uh, owned by the Minister of Agriculture and uh, most likely they will uh, provide the insect naturally found in Italy uh, and then they distribute it, they will distribute it to authorized um, universities or research center uh, managed by each region of Italy okay. which is effective. So okay. there will be a protocol to, to release it. Really careful rules around Absolutely it, yes, and, yeah. and then uh, of course this parasitoid cannot be released in orchards mm -hmm. because uh, Farm, we cannot uh, think that farmers can uh, um, can um, can go on without doing the normal uh, chemical spraying, and the normal chemical spraying would affect uh, the um, the distribution uh, of the parasitoid. So. Um, the, the release of the parasitoid will be done in natural environments or urban environments mm -hmm. which normally are highly affected by, by BMSB. BMSB. So we hope that by... I mean, we, we are new on this. We, we don't know exactly how it will work. We have also... We're gonna... As Ferrero, we're gonna support some of the research that um, will, um, will uh, evaluate the effectiveness of such methods. And um, yeah, we, we have a lot of hope, but we know that this is not going to be the only solution. So mm -hmm. we have to look for more solutions. We have to continue uh, work with farmers, continue work with uh, all the research institutions to, to really get uh, a sort of a long-term strategy. Many countries uh, have uh, such a level of, um, uh, know the right word but uh, it's really uh, I think it's um, dedication to preparedness or yeah. that proactive I, I think I think advance? it's a it's a very positive thing and mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean I've been in other 
in other meetings around the world and, and we, we always quote New Zealand as a, as a, a good example of oh. what uh, people should be doing to prevent uh, big pests from spreading around. Well, so. that'll make our growers who are putting in all the hard work very, very happy to hear. Yeah. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoy your time in New Zealand and in the Mount before you head over to Australia. Thank you so much. Thank you.